1017 Studios. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7 Studios. Studios. So my wife and I watched a couple of the episodes in the Netflix series on Jeffrey Dahmer over the weekend. And what jumped out to me, first and foremost, Niecy Nash, who who is Jeffrey Dahmer's neighbor in the movie, she's a she's a really good actress. Like pound for pound, she's way up there. Doesn't get enough credit. She was hilarious on Reno 911. She's great on the boondocks. I know she has a new series coming out where she's like a lead detective or, or a cop or, or a police captain or something like that. She had the one series where, where she was running a drug empire from a nail salon, like down in New Orleans or, or Baton Rouge or, or somewhere, maybe the Everglades. It was somewhere in, in the swamp. So she's just fantastic at everything. And, and, she portrays, she's living next, imagine living next door to Jeffrey Dahmer and you're in a small, dingy apartment, not a lot of circulation, like Jeffrey Dahmer's literally next door. You can, you can hear him using um, drills and, and tools that, that you actually come to find out that he's using to, to separate the flesh from the body and, and pulverize skulls and stuff. You can hear men screams and and cries of of men that he's torturing and raping and killing you can hear that like you live next door to this mfr and you can hear what's going on you can smell the decomposition and jeffrey Dahmer had had people that were underage in there so you you see men going in and well they're, they're not coming out there you see men going in and not coming out but you have the odor. One of one of the things that really was was astonishing, and, and this is not for the squeamish, it's not for the the faint of heart, the weak stomach. But Jeffrey Dahmer, he didn't he didn't take the bodies after he killed these people, and he would dump them in the river or at the at the trash at the local landfill or something like that. He kept these bodies. He had like 15, 16 bodies in the house with him. He had severed heads in the in the refrigerator, right next to the the old Milwaukee. He had he had a 55 gallon drum of of acid that he would use to dissolve flesh. And he had skulls around the house uh well the the small apartment. There's a small efficiency like a 500 600 square foot apartment. And if you ever lived in 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 a studio apartment or a small apartment, everyone you can hear everything that everyone else is doing above you, next to you, you can smell I lived in a studio apartment in Seattle, and that was a moderately affluent apartment that I lived in. And I could hear everything that my next door neighbor said and, and did. And when they were having sex and, and when they're having an argument, I could hear everything. If they were cooking pork chops, I could smell it. If they had Vietnamese pho, I could smell that. And you're living next door to this monster, and, and she's trying to call the police and saying that, hey, there's, there's this terrible odor coming from my next door neighbor. He's telling me that's rotten meat. Something's not right. And what 
there's a lot of outrage over this particular series. And I think there, there are several instances as it chronicles Jeffrey Dahmer's descent into madness. There's a scene where he's pulled over by the police. And I don't know if this was exaggerated for, for cinema or if this actually happened, but he had, he had a dead body that was hacked up in the trash bags. And he's clearly drunk. So you know that, that this person wanted to get caught. He's drinking and driving and has a corpse in the car with him. And the policeman pulls him over and says, hey, I could ruin your life. This is, this is after committing his first murder, before moving to Milwaukee when, when he was in Northeast Ohio. The policeman says, I could ruin your life, but, but you're a young man. You're, you seem like a good kid. You have, too much, you have so much promise in your life that I'm not going to take you to jail. Go home. I don't ever want to see you drunk again on, on this highway. And that reeks of privilege. The, the neighbor, Nisi Nash, calling the police and the police saying, hey, I can't help you. It's, it's, it's taken care of. He's, he told me that you, you're, you're against him because he's in the LGBTQ community, kind of blowing her off. That also reeks of privilege. So a lot of people were up in arms about that. A lot of people were up in arms. There were police that didn't want to, they didn't want to investigate murders or disappearances of men who participated in the homosexual culture in the bathhouses, in, in the homosexual bars in Milwaukee. There's a lot of uh, language that I'm not going to use saying slurs on individuals that, are, that identify as homosexual. And that doesn't sit well with a lot of people because how many, how many more people died because the cops didn't want to investigate? How incompetent were the policemen in Milwaukee? And I'm, I'm, if you listen to this show, I'm not someone that rails against police. I'm, a, I'm as pro-police. I'm as pro-police as you're going to find. I'm always talking about experiences with police. But what bothers me is when, when you have small pockets of individuals, rather it's people that are impoverished, rather it's the LGBTQ community, rather it's people of color, they don't get the same amount of justice. They don't get the same amount of investigation. Jeffrey Dahmer was killing mostly black and Filipino young men. If he was killing blonde and blue-eyed white men that were, that were going to, to gay clubs in Milwaukee, he probably would have been caught faster. So that doesn't sit well with a lot of people. You know, as far as the depiction itself, uh, it's very raw. It's, it's not for kids. Definitely don't let your kids watch it. If you're squeamish, you know, he's dissecting roadkill when they show him as a, as a young man. He's a pariah. He's, he, he steals a mannequin. He takes the mannequin home and has sex with the mannequin. Like, there are a lot of red flags about, about this ball that something's not right with him. Nevertheless, he was encouraged by his guidance counselor to, to go to college and make something out of himself. He ended up going to the military, failing in the military. Can you imagine Jeffrey Dahmer defending the United States of, of America? One of, one of the boys in, in camo? It's Jeffrey Dahmer, man. It's the, uh, uh, one of the sickest of sick people to, to walk this earth. And, and what bothered me the most is that they portray him as a victim. That, that's what bothered me. I think the other stuff that, that makes people squeamish and, and nauseous, I had to turn away a couple of times. I didn't want to be a punk in front of my wife. So what I did is I pretended that I was, that I was getting incoming texts from, from one of my boys about Sunday night football. So you had, you had, uh, you had Tua making his return to the, to, to the Miami Dolphins. 
And I pretended that I was taking some texts. I really, I just didn't want to see Jeffrey Dahmer flush guts down the toilet and drilling holes in people's skulls. That's just not, that's not my type of uh, entertainment. That's just not Lance J's <laughs> envisionment of a good time. But what really bothered me is that they portrayed him to be a victim in, in this series. Well, his father was abusive and his mother had mental health problems and his family abandoned him and, and he spent like six months living at home by himself in, in the house that he grew up in. And he was a pariah at school and people weren't nice to him because he was tall and kind of gangly and kind of weird. And and he he wanted to dissect pigs and frogs and stuff. That showed promise. That that showed that he could have been a doctor. He could have been he could have been Dr. Dahmer MD. And society let him down. It's the same, it's the same type of Dylan Roof ex- excuse. It's society's fault. It's not Dylan Roof's fault that he's a racist and, and shot up a church with African American parishioners. It's the video games. It's Grand Theft Auto. It's it's games like Doom. It's so unfair that these kids have to grow up in the Instagram age and it's all of this social engineering and, and he would have been a great kid. It's just he fell wayward to the ills of society. And at the end of the day, you know, it's just Dylan Roof's a monster. Jeffrey Dahmer was a monster. Ted Bundy, who they did a docuseries on, talking about how handsome he was and how much charisma he had. These guys are these guys are monsters, man. Jeffrey Dahmer had 17 bodies in in the apartment with him. You imagine living next door to someone, it's bad enough if if your neighbor, let's say you're in a in a single family house and you, you got a little space in the yard between your neighbor. And your neighbor is Jeffrey Dahmer. You can smell the death coming from his house every time you walk your dog past there. You're living next door to him. Like you literally can hear through the vent the cries of of men as they're getting their skulls bashed in. You can smell the rotting and decaying flesh, man. I mean, it's just... I, it it was a very interesting series. I don't think I'm gonna watch anymore. I'm not a big fan of of uh, that type of of gore and and stuff like that. You know, I wanted to watch a little bit because I wanted to comment on it. There's so many people that are up in arms on it, but portraying him as a victim that that's where they lost me. It's just like these these people are monsters. Like there are people that have been abandoned by their fathers and had an abusive father and and didn't have a good childhood. All of that stuff they don't get to eat. They're neighbors. That's my thought on the Dahmer series on Netflix. Like I said, my wife and I watched the first three episodes. Um, what we're going to do, I have, I have some great broadcasting footage from The Weeknd. Uh, Carlin and I, and, and we had a special guest, Larry Hall. We, we went down and tailgated the Colts-Titans game. The Colts, Matt Ryan should be doing ads for Little Debbie and their, and their apple and cherry turnover line. Because he threw another pick six and, and just looked absolutely horrible out there. Um, the the sky is falling. It's, it's doom and gloom. But we have some good footage from um, that tailgate experience. And that, that'll be our last tailgate as it gets cold. People know that Lance Day, I don't do, I don't do tailgates when it's cold. But we had a lot of fun. And, and we're going we're gonna to air some footage the, the rest of today's show from me and Carlin and, and special guest Larry Hall. So we'll be back. More Lance Day show after these messages. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.
Page, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. Classic sneakers I had. Patrick Ewins. Oh, the Ewins was hot. The, 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 the blue, orange, and white. Got those. Yeah, yeah, got a yeah, fresh yeah. pair. You gotta bring too. those into the studio. What? You gotta, you gotta bring and those. And I got into the, the Kareem Abdul Adidas. I didn't even know that he had a shit. What? And I got the Stan Smith. I'm telling you, these. I don't even know what the Stan Smith is. Stan Smith was the Stan Smith, the green and whites, the official color. I got the official Pumas, the red suede, the blue suede. Official Pumas. Classic. So we're Classic. Hold down. up. Hold up. The first Air Force Ones, the Dunks, the Flights. Uh, what else was, was crazy? Uh, uh, the Hibachis. James Lewis. You talking about the Harachis or Hibachis? the Hibachis? I call them Hibachis, Harachis, okay. whatever. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. It feels so good to be cared for. Back up now, just a little more. The feeling someone's always there. Just to show how much they care. The feeling you're not alone. Now she's a part of your home. With so much to protect each day. Caring goes along. 